Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This 24-part series on interpreting the book of Revelation was given at Tungling Bible College in Singapore back in 2002. Be sure to get a copy of the textbook by the same title, available from Amazon in your region in paperback and ebook formats, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. And they stay open for a period of time. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's sort of consistent because uh, the old school that I used to belong to say, well, it's all going to happen in seven years, and it sort of ignores uh, church history. So uh, this is how I understand that once Jesus, uh, after his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, ascended back to the Father, and then the Father said, sit on my right hand till I make all your enemies your footstool. So Jesus, uh, this is not just a seminar, this is truth. I'm not just preaching, this is the truth. Jesus is sitting at the Father's right hand now. And that's a fact. Uh, and he's going to stay there till all enemies are under his feet. And so now, as I understand, and I'm always learning, always open, the Lord just teach me, clarify things. And uh, so I believe that uh, it's like the Father gave him the book of Revelation. He sent down to John, 1896, somewhere around there. And so, John, these are the events that are going to unfold through church history, right through the second coming, right through the new heavens and new earth. So I just see the book unfolding, and uh, I'll deal with this later on. I'll give you uh, a big chart and all charts, maybe, <laughs> at the end. Uh, I believe that uh, we just leave the book of Revelation alone as a movie video, like a video, and John is just seeing this video just unfold before him. So I have difficulty now with uh, some of my friends. We disagree agreeably. Uh, so, yeah, so it's not my fault if I'm right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And, uh, uh, you know, they say, oh, well, it goes this, and then this bit should be back here, and then this bit, it ought to be in the middle of that verse, and then this part should be, and say, hey, leave the video alone. Don't chop it and do it. Just let it unfold. So that's how I see uh, Revelation just unfolding the seven churches, the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls of wrath, second coming, millennial kingdom, new heavens, and new earth. I said, That's, just leave the video alone. Just don't, don't, don't chop it all up. And uh, yeah, thank you for that wonderful point. <laughs> so, so over to the point of time. So, I believe that uh, these seals began through church history. Gospel of the Kingdom being going forth, up and down, so forth, but there's certainly an intensification on the Gospel of the Kingdom of the day. Wars and rumors of wars. Uh, I'm an optimist. The best is yet to come for the church. I'm a pessimist. The worst is yet to come for the world. And we're just going to increase, increase. Was that a phone? I heard? Any, any, any mobile phones that cost you $50 for the missionary fund? $1,000 for the building fund? <laughs> Please send the money to box 666. <laughs> uh, and uh, so this is just going to increase and it includes all wars. She so said there'll be wars and rumors. And so famines just intensifying around the world. Uh, uh, and much could be said that same with these plagues, increase of diseases, new diseases coming out all the time. Scientists can't keep up with it. It's just another virus, another virus. They married a virus and they all have viruses. Uh, apostasy, uh, and that's just increasing around the world. I mean, we could spend a whole hour on that. Some of the churches that no longer believe in the Bible or the virgin birth, so for homosexual churches and all this type of thing. Persecution that's increasing in different nations. Uh, Western world probably be more sophisticated. Signs of the sun, moon, and stars. 
As I said, I believe that's uh, next on the list now. Included in the sixth seal uh, was also great earthquakes. Now, Jesus said there would be earthquakes, not just plur uh, uh, singular, but plural. Uh, let me just read a very condensed um, uh, something on earthquakes here, and I'll put it more fully in the text. And those of you who got Revelation, those who don't have to, only read about one page at a time. Uh, there's so many messages on one page, but those who have to do assignment, read it overnight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guaranteed to put you to sleep. Okay, listen to this just brief quote here. Uh, the Los Angeles Times a few years ago wrote that even the animal world has been enlisted as it were in earthquake predictions. Stories are told of catfish leaving muddy river bottoms, rats fleeing houses, horses, re horses refusing to go into their stables, domestic pets behaving unusually, uh, waterfowl leaving the roosts in trees, herds of deer migrating, zoo animals acting strangely, uh, insects becoming restless as snakes, leaving the warmth of their winter hideouts to freeze on open ground just before an earthquake. Even cockroaches scamper across the pantry floors. Thus even creatures have some premonition of coming terrors. Uh, records show that for about the first thousand years of church history, uh, there were very few earthquakes. From AD 1038 to 1904, some 86 years, there were about 36 earthquakes. Uh, 1905 to 1923, some 18 great earthquakes. And then just moving down a little bit here. In the 10th century, 115 earthquakes. The 11th century, 53 earthquakes. 12th century, 84 earthquakes. 13th century, 120 earthquakes, 14th century, 137 earthquakes, 15th century, 174, 16th century, 253, 17th century, 378, uh, 18th century, 640, 19th century, 20th century, 2,119, and 20th century, several thousand quakes. So, so it just confirms the point, I think, that there's a point of time, but they stay open for a period of time. So, so under the sixth seal, once it's open, it includes all the signs of the sun, moon, stars. In fact, uh, 1870, I think it was, there was actually an example where the sun was darkened in the daytime, the moon became blood red, and there were meteors that fell and hit the earth, and people just ran out of their homes screaming, panicking, thinking that uh, the day of judgment come, and then uh, a few hours later, they just carried on living their own sinful lifestyle. <laughs> so it was a very short-lived repentance. Uh, but just showing that these things are intensifying. So everything that's going to be shaken, that can be shaken, is going to be shaken, but we have an unshakable kingdom. That's worth a little baby hallelujah. Not too loud. Don't want you getting too emotional around here. All right, so, so I just want to get that point. Once they're open, they stay open and include in themselves everything like that right up to the uh, second coming of Christ. All right, now what we want to move on in this session, touching on the high spots, in the outline that you've got in your notes there, so we've looked at the white horse. So, you know, if people disagree, if you talk about these things, do disagreeably, agreeably. Don't uh, lose your second blessing. Don't get unsanctified, okay? Uh, that's it. If you want a white horse and you want the Antichrist and want to sit on the back of the horse with him, good luck to you. I'm getting a white horse with Jesus. Amen. I want to come riding back on a white horse with Jesus. Amen. And the rest of us so, all right. And red horse war, so forth. So these things happening. Now, um, between the opening of the sixth seal and the opening of the seventh seal, we have these two what I call parenthetical visions. 
So between the sixth and the seventh seal. So what it implies to me is that between the opening of the sixth seal, because there's a point of time, period of time, and the opening of the seventh seal, there's two outstanding events that take place in that period of time. So the first vision is the sealing of the 144,000 Israelites, and then the second vision is the Great Tribulation multitude. So if you turn to your uh, notes on chapter 7, we're just going to touch uh, a few thoughts on, on uh, the, those two visions there. Alright, let's, uh, let's turn to Revelation chapter 7 and just glance over a few things here. And on your notes there, uh, it's actually, um, yeah, you've got a little space there, page uh, 7 in your notes. Now, in, in, in my style of study and things like that over the years, uh, uh, it's just good to learn to ask yourself certain questions and sort of go through process of elimination. Uh, on, on things to sort of try and come to, okay, what is John seeing? What's the answer here? All right, now the chapter, chapter 7 we're looking at, chapter 7 is basically divided into two sections. As you've got in your notes there, vision 1 is chapter 7, verses 1 to 8, and that's the ceiling of the 144,000. Then chapter eight, uh, 7, we have the second vision, which is on your outline there, the Great Tribulation Molitude, verses 9 to 17. So, just by way of introduction, we have two companies here. So first, the first company, uh, just a little bit of contrast here, the first company is numbered, the second company is unnumbered. Okay, so the first company is numbered, and the second company is unnumbered. The first company is miraculously, so you have to listen carefully to this, the first company is miraculously protected by the seal of God, which we want to look at, and the second company has no protection, because John, that's the only company in the book of Revelation that John didn't know who they were. If you go to verse 13, uh, one of the elders uh, answered me, saying unto me, what are these which are arrayed in white robes, and where do they come from? And John gave the only sensible answer that any Tongling student could give, Sir, you know. <laughs> it's, all, it's always a safe answer. Always safe. You know. Now, I know you're laughing with me, not at me. <laughs> Alright, so first company is numbered, second company is unnumbered. First company, uh, they are sealed, they are protected by a divine seal. Second company are unsealed, and then we're told in verse 14, they come out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Alright, now, we go through process of elimination here, in order to try and sort of come to... Uh, some understanding of this, and as I said, I've, I've had a lot to unlearn over the years, so this is basically the two schools. So we have uh, uh, Israel here, 144,000 uh, out of the chosen nation of Israel. Now what we've got to sort out, is this referring to natural, natural and national Israel? Or is it referring to, there's only basically two major views on this, a few little idiotic ones that wouldn't insult your intelligence. 
<laughs> by putting it into your mind. <laughs> Alright, so the two major views. So natural national Israel, or else the other view is the spiritual Israel. And by the spiritual Israel, here we're talking about the church, or at least that which represents the church. So that's what you've got to decide. Okay, now let's go through process of elimination and ask ourselves some questions on this. Uh, is it referring to natural national Israel? Okay, let's uh, look at chapter 7 a little bit here. Uh, after these things, after what things? After the opening of the six seals, I saw four angels uh, standing in the four corners of the earth. So angelic beings, I believe in this case, not human beings standing on the four corners of the earth, uh, four being the number of earth, and they're holding the four winds of the earth, uh, that the winds should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Uh, hold Revelation chapter 7, and go over to Daniel 7, just for a, a, a good comparison here. So Revelation 7, and Daniel 7. Because uh, Daniel sees uh, almost a similar thing here, so uh, Revelation 7, Daniel 7, good comparison here. Okay, in Daniel 7 it says, uh, and verse uh, 1, uh, 1 and 2 will be sufficient. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions in his head upon... Uh, uh, of his head upon his bed, and he wrote the dream and told us some of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. Now Daniel is seeing four winds striving upon the great sea, and the end result in Daniel 7, which we're going to pick up later on, he sees four great beasts or four kingdoms come up out of the sea. So symbolic language. So in Daniel 7, there's a restlessness, there's an agitation, there's a striving that's going on. But in Revelation chapter 7, if you'd like to turn back to that now, here, in contrast, John sees four angels holding, sort of restraining the four winds of heaven uh, that they shouldn't blow on the earth until a certain thing takes place, like the sealing of uh, the 144,000 company. Okay, so one is the winds are striving on the sea. Four great beasts are going to come up out of the sea. And the sea is always symbolic of nations. The wicked are like the troubled sea, whose waters cannot rest, tossing up mire and dirt. So symbolic language. But here, John is seeing the four angels standing in the four corners of the earth, just restraining, holding back the four winds of the earth. Now, if you've got your Bible open to, to Revelation 7.1, notice that the wind should not blow on, number one, the earth, number two, nor on the sea, and number three, nor on any tree. Now, what is going to happen is turn over to Revelation chapter 8. You need to look at this a little bit. This is an allusion to the blowing of the trumpets, the seven trumpet judgments. So we've had seals, and there's some judgments in the earth under the seals, and uh, there's some judgments under the trumpets. There's going to be judgments on the earth under the balls of wrath. And we'll, we'll bring, hopefully bring that together later on. But just laying the jigsaw puzzle out. So under the second, third, and fourth trumpet, if I remember correctly, the, the, the trumpets heard the earth 
and the trumpets affect the sea, uh, and the trumpets affect the trees, like um, Revelation chapter 8, verse 7. The first angel sounded, third part of the trees was burned up, and the grass. Then verse 8, uh, the second angel sounded, and the, uh, there was a burning mountain, like a meteorite, cast into the sea. And then um, uh, verse 10, uh, the third angel sounded, third part of the rivers and so forth. So what's it anticipating here? It's like saying, okay, angels, just hold back the four winds of earth. And winds are symbolic either of Holy Spirit or evil spirit activity. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came as a mighty rushing wind. And yet in the book of Job, uh, uh, Satan caused a mighty rushing wind to destroy the house where Job and his kids were. So forth. it's used in the positive and negative sense. All right, so that's the picture we have. So here it's like saying, okay, just restrain everything until we do this sealing work. So now in verse 2, I'll back to chapter 7, we have the sealing angel. I saw another angel. And always remember, process of elimination. Is this an ordinary angel or is it the uh, messenger, the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, okay, quickly here because uh, uh, we've got a lot to pack in this session here. These are 144,000 chosen out of 12 tribes. So 12 tribes representing the whole nation. So the 12 tribes represents the whole nation. 144,000, 12,000 chosen out of each tribe, except a couple of tribes which we'll mention. So out of, so there must be the whole of the Israel, but out of the 12 tribes of Israel, there is chosen, this chosen company. Now, they receive the seal of God. Alright, now what is the seal of God? So, if we, if we answer this question, what is the seal of God? At least I'm going to give you what I believe the scripture teaches in the New Testament. Uh, that the seal of God is threefold. And at least I think most of us here would agree that part of the seal of God, Paul says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. How many remember that scripture? So at least part of the seal of God, whatever you believe on this, and I'll tell you what I understand to be in a moment here, uh, how can the natural, national Israel receive the seal of God unless they are born again? Impossible. So every unregenerate Jew in the world or Israelite Unless they're born again, I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 9. So uh, we have to determine that seal of God. Uh, turn over to Romans chapter 9, quickly. Uh, and we go to uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 6. And I'm reading from New King, uh, New Authorized here. But it's not that the word of God has taken no effect. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac uh, your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of, of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. So they are not all Israel which are of Israel. So what's Paul saying? They are not all spiritual Israel which are of natural Israel. And the moment, the moment a Jew or a Gentile is born again, what happens? In Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. 
and the church becomes spiritual Israel. And that's why Paul says, uh, in Christ, neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything but a new creature. And peace be upon those that have this rule and uh, for, uh, yeah, this rule and upon the new creature. It's a new creature. So, all right, if, if it was natural national Israel, then they would have to be born again. Because nobody who's not born again can receive the seal of God. How many would say amen on that? So if you say, well, it's natural national Israel only, so no, God can't be unconverted because they receive the seal of God. They're miraculously protected with this seal of God. So what I'm saying is, if they were natural, they have now become spiritual because it's the spiritual Israel that counts before God in these days. There is, And Paul says there is a natural and there's a spiritual. So there are two Israels to, uh, today. There is a natural national Israel there's a spiritual Israel. So it's the same in the Old Testament. We always forget that, that uh, when God spoke to Abraham, uh, God said to Abraham, okay, you're going to have two seed lines. So first of all, he said, your seed will be as the sand or as the dust of the earth. And when you see the sand seed, uh, you've got natural, national, earthly Israel, the sand. And then God said to Abraham later on, your seed will be as the stars. And so the star seed is uh, spiritually, heavenly, spiritual Israel. So Abraham has two, two Israels, sand seed, star seed. And if Abraham came back today, uh, God said to him, look, in your seed all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Where would Abraham go to? first place he'd come to would be church. Because Paul says he's not a Jew which is one outwardly, but one which is inwardly. And it's not a Jew after flesh. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, are you a Jew? Are you teaching? Go and be born again. Okay? So I'd say, would the, the real seed of Abraham stand? Oh, it's up, see there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the seed of Abraham. Right. Amen. Not by my nose. <laughs> <laughs> you are the seed of Abraham. Amen. And God said, in your seed... All the nations will be blessed, and the nations of the earth are only being blessed through the church, the many-membered seed of Abraham. Okay? So, I think if Abraham came back today, he'd come to church first, have a good little worship along with us. So now I must slip over and see the sand seed. Then he'd probably go over to Jerusalem and say, Hey, you've got to be born again. If you want to become a star and turn from being sand and become a star, you've got to be born again. And become a new creature. You wouldn't say you're the chosen nation and you don't have to be born again. It is so quiet here. Just, uh, am I talking to the right people? <laughs> All right. So that's what you have to settle on. Is it natural, national Israel or is it spiritual Israel? Okay? Back to Revelation chapter 17, uh, 7. Pardon me. Revelation 7, so this angel, I believe, I'm going to time to prove all this, but by a book. Okay, uh, messenger ascending from the east, the sun rising up, the seal of the living God. So don't hurt the earth, the sea, the trees, which are going to be heard under the trumpets, so we've sealed the seal of God in their forehead. Now, I can only say this uh, very quickly here, because we've just got to keep moving. Uh, you say, well, Kevin, is this an actual literal number? 
Okay, pick up what I gave you before. The four living creatures, the 24 elders, the 144,000, the hosts of the redeemed. So the answer, or the answer that I hold is this. They are both actual and representative, both. Not, not one extreme against the other, actual and representative. So four living creatures, 24 elders, 24 elders, actual 24 on duty, 24 hour day, and a literal, actual number, yet representative of the thousands. 144,000, 12,000 out of each tribe, literal, actual, yet representative, representing the whole. So what I see of this is a picture of the church. That's uh, about the best I can say. Representing the church, uh, uh, the sealed ones in the church, representing the church, yet I do believe that they are actual number and I believe God has a particular calling on their life. So, you know, God did that uh, way back in Israel. You have the 12 tribes, and then out of the 12 tribes, God chose one tribe, the tribe of Levi, for a special purpose. So we have 12 tribes out here, and yet God said, I want you to take the tribe of Levi as the priestly tribe, as one tribe, and uh, this one tribe represented the 12 tribes. They were part of the 12 tribes, actually a 13th tribe, but they were part of Israel. So God, uh, God had a And then we find uh, that God actually redeemed all the 12 tribes with half a shekel of silver, but in Levi they were redeemed with five shekels of silver. God had something in mind. So it was like a tribe within the 12 tribes. So it's the same thing here, 144,000 chosen out of the 12 tribes yet representing. So uh, briefly I'd say on that, uh, that um, they represent the church. Maybe, maybe one other little thing I'll indulge in. Is that all right? Yeah. Yep. Students used to say, Brother Kevin, we like your tangents better than your teaching. <laughs> tabernacle of Moses in the structure here all the boards were standing on two sockets of silver and each of the sockets of silver represented 12,000 souls or 6,000 souls altogether there were 96 sockets and if you multiply 96 by 6,000, you come up with 576,000 souls redeemed with half a shekel of silver. Peter says we're not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold. If you divide 576,000 by 4, you have 4 by 144,000. So right in the very foundation sockets, we have this mysterious number and so many cults in Christendom or whatever, try to claim to be the 144,000 because they see there's something there. But right in the foundation, silver redemption, God had this mysterious number. So I see that God has the church, 12 tribes of Israel, and yet within the church, God has this company of people for a distinctive ministry, just like back there. All right, now, let's go on to the seal. I can feel the silence here. Or are you all thinking? Is that what it is? <laughs> are your brains hurting? 
Or do you feel like saying what Festus said to Paul? Paul, much learning has made you mad. <laughs> seal of God. Okay, three parts to the seal. Three parts to the seal of God. I just have to quote this to you. In Revelation chapter 14, turn to Revelation chapter 14, we have the first part, what I'd like to give you, of the seal of God. Verse 1, And I looked at lower lamb, stood on Mount Zion, every word's loaded, the lamb, Mount Zion. Oh, that's Tabernacle of David. And with him 144,000. Oh, same number. Having his father's name, and most of your new translations bring it out, not only the father's name, but having his name, the name of the son, in their forehead. And see, in Revelation 7, it says, seal the 144,000 in their foreheads. Okay? So the first part of the seal is the name of the Godhead. The name of the Father and of the Son. And I'm going to add the other one, Holy Spirit. Baptizing into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So I believe the first part of the seal of God is baptism into the Godhead name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The name was in their forehead. Now this is going to be in such contrast because when Antichrist comes along, he's going to cause a name to be in people's foreheads, either a mark or a name or a number, in the hand or the forehead. So it's a counterfeit of his name in the forehead. And you see, the forehead is the seat of the mind, the brains, the thought, the reasoning. It's an it's, it's application of the cross to the mind. So, first of all, water baptism, being born of the Holy Spirit and being water baptized, part two. Second part of the seal of God is, Paul says, that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. So, Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. Ephesians 4, verse 30. Seal and listen to the language. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. Redemption of what? The thing we're waiting for redemption for is the redemption of our body. We're redeemed in our spirit, being, we're being redeemed in our soul. Last thing to be redeemed is your body. And Jesus said, When you see signs of the sun, moon, stars, lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. Redemption of what? Redemption of our body. I would like to have my body redeemed, wouldn't you? Thank you all six of you. And so that leads me to the third part, the sealing of the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. And the third part of the seal, as I see, is the preservation of the body. Redemption of the body. And uh, lots are implied in that. Because you see, if, if, you, if you go back to uh, Revelation chapter 9, while I'm on this, Revelation chapter 9, I'd like you to look at it. These 144,000, and I'll just say briefly, representing the church, so actually representative, uh, once they get the seal of God, they are miraculously protected through a time of trouble. And, if you, and so serious is it in, in Revelation chapter 9, when the bottomless pit is opened, and these uh, demonic locusts come out. Look what it says in verse 4. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. 
So these are very intelligent locusts. They know who has the seal of God and who hasn't got the seal of God. So those who are unsealed are hurt. Those who are sealed are not hurt. So there's something miraculous about this seal. And I've dealt with that very fully in the text on Revelation and what some of the other writers say about this miraculous sealing of God. Alright, so that's why I see that this uh, company people representing the church experience the full seal of God. They're born of the Spirit, water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, try your name for triune God. Fill with the Holy Spirit, the seal of God, and something happens to their body that they come into some area of resurrection life. In fact, some of the other writers that I've seen on this, they are absolutely outstanding what they say about the seal of God on the body. Very outstanding. So this is the seal company and they miraculously protected through a period of time. So when the, uh, the fifth trumpet sounds, because we're coming to the trumpets, that these demonic locusts say, well, hurt those, but not those that have the seal of God. So they're very intelligent locusts. They know who's got the seal of God and who hasn't. That's it. So whatever the full implication. What I'm saying is if I'm alive at this period of time, I am alive at this period of time, but if I'm alive at this period of time, I'd like to have the full seal of God. Amen. So how can you give that seal of God to unconverted natural national Israel? See, process of elimination. Now, if it was natural national Israel, they must have become spiritual Israel and accepted Christ because they can't have their seal without that. Everybody agree with that? Yes. Okay, that's it. Okay, so this company is sealed through this coming time of, of trouble that's going to hit. Now, let's go to the second company before our time is up again. Wow. Let the time go fast when you're having fun. Okay. All right, now the second company, you notice, is unsealed. So if you go to Revelation chapter 7 again, the second vision in verse 9. So after the sealing... And, uh, you know, I might say this, I, I think what's going on in the world today, I think, you know, there are, there are millions of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some are rejecting water baptism, which is crazy. You know, I don't want the whole package. But there are millions of people in the last number of years receiving the baptism of the Spirit. And I do believe that, uh, in, in, a, in a measure, maybe not the fullness of what I think you see it, there's a sealing going on. I mean, you know, through the Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Catholics, Calatonians, Crossbred, come back, uh, <laughs> Pentecostal, Plentecostal. Uh, I mean, there's so many people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit more today than in church history. So there's some sort of sealing work and moving of the Spirit going on. And I believe God is restraining some things on the earth until His purposes concerning the church are finished. That's what, that's what I'm saying there. Okay, now let's go to the next company. So verse 9 of chapter 7. After this, after what? After the sealing of this company that's going to be protected from the coming trumpet judgments, a great multitude which no man can number. This first line of being numbered, this is unnumbered. And of all nations, not just out of the nation of Israel, but of all nations, and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne. All right, now, before I continue on, I need to say this, just looking at my uh, outline notes here. People will ask the question, and maybe you're thinking it. There are two tribes that are not named here. The tribe of Dan is missing. 
and the tribe of Ephraim is missing, unless it's represented in, uh, in Joseph. But these two tribes are missing. Why are they not giving their quota of 12,000 to this 144,000 chosen company? Why? Okay, I just have to quote, quote the facts of it. When you go back to the book of Numbers, uh, I think there's Numbers somewhere in a certain place, God said, any tribe, now listen carefully because this is your answer to this, people ask this question on it. Any tribe that introduced idolatry into Israel, their name would be blotted out. Dan is the first tribe to introduce idolatry into Israel. So the name's blotted out here. Ephraim was the second tribe that introduced idolatry. So Dan and Ephraim are both missing from here. Then may Ephraim may be represented in Manasseh and Joseph, because the tribe of Joseph is there. But basically, you see, the prophecy... Uh, uh, turn quickly, turn quickly. Just stop the time one minute. Turn, turn quickly to Genesis. Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49, and listen to the prophecy over Dan. Very, very, very significant. Genesis 49, Jacob is prophesying over his 12 sons from which the 12 tribes would come. So verse 16, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. But verse 17, Dan will be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backward. Loaded, loaded, loaded. Look at it. Dan will be a serpent by the way. So Dan is going to follow the trail of the serpent from the Garden of Eden. He would be an adder in the path. And what would he do? As the horses are riding on, uh, the serpent would bite the heel. And as he bit the horse's heel, so the serpent and the horse here, it would cause the rider to fall backwards. And that's exactly what Dan Dan became the serpent tribe in Israel, introduced idolatry and apostasy, and caused wholesale backsliding and apostasy in the nation. So we don't understand Revelation without going through this. And I've done the history of Dan through the Bible. Let me see that. Okay, so very significant. All right, just before we finish. So go to Revelation chapter 7 again. So the next company is unsealed. For whatever reason, and God knows, God knows. And sorry to say some of these things, but I have to say a little bit. There are many, many people who will fight against the baptism of the Spirit. They love the Lord Jesus, but they reject the baptism of the Spirit. Same tongues is of the devil. Reject the seal of God. We like the blood of Jesus, but we don't like the speaking in tongues. So, that's a company John doesn't know. And what are they? They are the tribulation saints. So, one company is sealed from the tribulation. One company is unsealed from the tribulation. So, in verse 14, I said, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they which came out of great tribulation. And I'm not a Greek expert, but this is how... Other guys and expositors say that the Greek reads like this. These are they who are coming out of tribulation, the great one. But that's the language. 
So that sort of gives you an idea. That's where it's bringing us up to, some period of time here. So these are they that are coming, present continuous tense, coming out of tribulation, the great one. Now, there's always been tribulation through church history. But I believe there's going to be an ultimate tribulation, which people refer to as the great tribulation. So that's what, uh, that's $50. Uh, no. uh, depending on who it is, $1,000. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So these are they that are coming out of the great uh, tribulation, out of the great one. And they wash their robes white, so they're redeemed, and they stand before the Lord. Okay, so the Bible does teach that there will be overcomers, non-overcomers. The Bible does teach that some people will be preserved miraculously through uh, the final, ultimate great tribulation. And there's others who will not lose their salvation, but will lose their life in that period of time. So that's the picture we have with those two visions. The seal company and the unseal company. Okay. All right, I think we'll hold it there. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.